eco-friendly living. For a lot of people out there, it can seem like a daunting task, one with so many options and paths that you actually end up feeling overwhelmed and confused rather than inspired and ready to take action. It's hard enough living life today without adding another thing to your plate. That's why I'm here to help. I'm here to pull you out of the societal norms of materialism and overconsumption. I talk about sustainable living, but also things like motherhood, mindfulness, and intentional living. Things that overall help you live a happier, simpler, more eco-friendly life by making small changes in your habits, your mindset, and your home. This is Kayla Rogers, and you are listening to the Unrooted Mama Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining me on episode 100 of the Unrooted Mama podcast. I am so excited and honestly, I can't believe that the podcast has made it this far. Um, I feel very accomplished at having 100 episodes and I am thrilled to have you guys along for the ride. If you've been a listener from, you know, the beginning, then just know that I appreciate you so much. Thank you for being here. And if you're new, to this podcast. Welcome and thank you for being here. At the end of the day, if I help even one person out there make a positive change in their life and live more eco-friendly or mindful and just help make someone's life a little bit better, even if it's just one person, then that makes it all worth it to me. So to you listening, thank you. And I hope that this episode gives you a little bit of something to think about and helps inspire you a little bit. I was kind of trying to reflect and see what I would want to talk about in my 100th episode because I feel like that needs to be a special like anniversary episode and then it kind of hit me that I've been on this sustainable living journey for about three years. Like eco-friendly living has always been important to me. I've always cared a lot about the environment and the natural world, but it was only about three years ago when I started like actually making eco-friendly swaps in my home and deciding to take action on an individual level. And for me, I feel like three years is not that long at all. But I know it probably sounds like a lot to people that are relatively new on their eco-friendly living journey. So I thought in this episode, I would kind of just cover the main points of, of what I've learned in the past three years of sustainable living. Now, if you've listened to my podcast for a while, or you know me in person, or you follow me on social media, then you probably know that in no way am I like perfect when it comes to sustainable living. It is very much an uphill battle for me of struggling like all of the societal norms and kind of like what is just reflex and habit in terms of my lifestyle and trying to fight against all of those in order to make these eco-friendly changes. So the one biggest thing that I've learned within the past three years is that perfection is a pointless endeavor. There are so many right ways of doing literally anything that if you strive for perfection, you're never gonna feel accomplished or fulfilled. So this fear of not being perfect can so easily hold you back. And I know that it held me back for years. I talked about in the beginning of this podcast about how I went to college and I got my degree in sustainability and like earth science. And 
I literally, I didn't even make eco-friendly changes immediately after learning all about the environment and sustainability because I was so caught up in this idea that if I wanted to be eco-friendly, I would have to go zero waste. I would have to be like that girl I saw on TV who fit all of her trash for the year in a tiny mason jar. And so that idea of like, okay, well, if I can't be perfect, I might as well not try honestly made me so scared to even try making sustainable changes for a few years. Like it was probably two or three years before I finally was like, okay, let's put this idea of the perfect zero waste sustainable lifestyle in the trash and let's just do our own thing, you know? But again, for a long time, that fear of not being perfect or not being good enough held me back a lot. For example, let's just take composting, right? For for me, for a while, I was so scared to compost because it wasn't so much like I won't do it perfectly, but more of, eh, I'm not good enough yet to do that and be successful in it. You know, but in reality, there are a million different ways to compost, right? You can do like a pile compost. You can do a square pallet of compost. You can do the tumbling composters. You can do worm compost. You can do countertop compost. You can do a plastic bucket compost. Like there are literally, there are so many ways to compost that, you know, if you get caught up in the, oh, I'm not going to do it good enough. It's, I'm not going to be perfect at it, then it's going to like just take you a lot longer to dip your toes in the water and finally just jump in and say, fuck it and do it. Um, which is what I did. I literally just made a, like a wood box in my backyard with some leftover pallets that the previous owners left. And that was my first compost bin, just like a square. And I just went and threw all of our scraps back there and stirred it up like once a week-ish. And then there was compost, you know. Now I have a fancy tumbling composter and it is what it is. Like there's not one perfect way to do it. There are a ton of different ways to do it. So, you know, I guess just all of this to say that perfection is an unattainable goal. And it's also just a lie, right? Like we can never be perfect. No matter how good you get at anything, you will never be absolutely perfect at it. So instead of trying to be perfect, just go for it. Even if it's not going to be if, even if it's not going to be successful your first attempt at doing anything, but especially when it comes to sustainable living, if you want to learn how to garden or compost or cloth diaper or like there, you know, the list goes on and on and on about different things with sustainable lifestyles. But, you know, if there's one thing that you want to try and it's like the that fear of not being good enough has been holding you back, I really implore you just to dive in and kind of be okay with the fact that you might not get it right the first time. It might take you a few days or weeks or months to really get a system down that ends up working and working for you and your family, and that's okay. Progress over perfection all day, any day. The next big lesson that I've learned in the past three years is that life will always ebb and flow, especially if you're a mom and there's just like there's busy seasons, there's seasons that are a lot harder and busier than others. And because of this, shifting your habits with those like seasons of life makes sustainable living so much easier. 
And a lot of things with sustainable living fight against the societal norms, at least the societal norms that I grew up with here in the United States. So it can feel a lot of times like you're going against the grain when you're trying to live low waste and eco-friendly. And this is why I always say to do like one small change at a time, because when you really commit to that small change, you're allowing yourself to do it over and over again or use that specific like eco-friendly swap over and over again until it becomes habit. And when these things start to become habits and second nature and we start rewriting those norms that we've learned and we've grown up with, that's when the real change happens. For instance, when I first started sustainable living, remembering to bring my reusable bags places was so hard. And you'd think that after a few months of doing it and bringing them everywhere or forgetting your bags and making yourself like carry all of your things out to the car after a shopping trip, uh, you'd think that like it would already become a habit by then. But if I'm being honest, it's only been recently like this past half year to like, no, not even year. Yeah. Probably the past like six months that I realized that I pretty much always have reusable bags with me. Like I'm finally getting to the point where I'm not forgetting them and where I always have a couple of them in my purse because like, that's one of the things that I always, like if I'm running out of the house and I'm super busy now it's like second nature to check and double check that I have at least a few reusable bags with me. But even when that was something that was a really big priority to me and I had at the forefront of my mind a lot of the time, it still wasn't habit and it wasn't second nature to me. The same can be said about so many different things with sustainable living, whether that's being able to like refuse single-use plastic, say no thank you to like the cutlery or plastic straws or single-use plastic bags um, or like composting or shopping and like when you're at the grocery store looking for the low waste or like the products that aren't in plastic packaging, things like that, like all of that, again, can be really overwhelming if you try to take on all of it at once. But if you allow yourself to kind of ease into each one of these shifts and like sustainable lifestyle tools until you make that specific thing a habit, it becomes so much easier. I hope this is making sense. Um, And then the other thing about habits is that sometimes they have to shift. Sometimes things will work really, really well for you and you'll be in a really good flow. You'll have this sustainable habit down pat and then something will happen and a big roadblock will come up causing you to kind of have to take three steps back and stop whatever you are doing and reevaluate or come back to it at a later date. This has happened to me so many times, like with composting, with cloth diapering. I feel like there are so many gardening. Oh my gosh, I tried so hard to garden this year and I was so excited about it. And then, you know, our first year in Texas was like, horrible drought. Everything's going to (laughs) die. Everything's going to get fried. So I feel like there are a lot of setbacks like that that happen when it comes to when you're trying to make these new sustainable things habits. And again, sometimes like with that, the changing seasons of life, things will just not work out for you like they were in the past or like you hoped that they would. But it's okay to kind of just put a pause on something or 
return it to the back burner and then try to focus on something else. Or, you know, if you're trying to compost and it seems to be working out really well and then something happens and none of it's usable or like, you know, something gets messed up and it's all gross. Like it's okay to just let yourself breathe for a few weeks and focus on how you can like be a more mindful consumer and then returning to composting when you're not super overwhelmed and when you're actually like ready to try it again if that makes sense. So habits and like the shifting of habits can look different for all of us at any time but again like making sustainable habits or figuring out habits that are more eco-friendly that you can implement into your life now and not like the version of you that you wish that you were or you know the mom that you were a couple years ago like new mom Kayla or mom of just one kid <laughs> Kayla uh, when my first was a toddler we lived in Korea and one of my favorite habits even though I wasn't really like immersing myself in sustainable living yet but I loved the little habit and I guess it is like a sustainable habit of walking and baby wearing my son down to the local Korean market bringing reusable bags and like shopping the fresh fruits and veggies at the little farmer's market. And that's a habit that I really wish I could still do with three kids. And I know some of you listening would be like, you can, like, it's okay. But the three, the mom that I am now would quite literally rather die than take all three of my kids, pack them all up in the car. Maybe if my husband was helping, then yeah, but like just me. Um, taking all of my kids and trying to like walk down a farmer's market and buy a bunch of fresh produce like that sounds like my worst nightmare but you know it is a little bit more possible for me to just strap all three kids in you know the baby carrier and throw them in the wagon and take them for a nice walk around our neighborhood to get fresh air and appreciate the environment that we live in and just take in some nature and be around green space you know so again like finding habits like that things that are really doable for you and attainable in this season of life that you're at and again if you're just starting your sustainable living journey or even if you've been at it for a while but you want to learn something new or you want to kind of like shake up your daily routine and add a little sustainable habit in there somewhere um, then again one of the biggest things that I've learned is just to make sure to create these sustainable habits that will work with where I am at now where it's not going to be like super hard and me fighting against my day-to-day -day life to implement those things where it can just be easy be fun and be like like learn eventually to be second nature I hope that all made sense. Like I know the the topic of sustainable habits and trying to find eco-friendly habits to implement into your lifestyle. In general, that's such a loaded topic and it's so hard. But again, that has been one of the biggest lessons that I have learned. So I wanted to put it in here, even if that was a pretty lengthy explanation. <laughs> so the last biggest overall message that I have learned in the past three years of sustainable living is that, again, I've, I say this all the time on the podcast, but the small steps really do add up to make a difference. However, 
I'm not naive enough to think that me using reusable bags or composting or like refusing single-use plastic is gonna stop climate change in its tracks and save the planet. But that's not the point. And I feel like so many people miss this when it comes to sustainable living. So many people write it off or roll their eyes or totally minimize the efforts because it's like you using your reusable bags is not going to do crap for the planet. That's not going to save the world. That's not going to stop fossil fuels. Like it's not going to do anything. And I see both sides of the argument. However, again, like it's, it's missing the point. I can see where people would think that, but they're missing the bigger picture. They're missing like the context. The point is showing like the government and big corporations and the people around us that a slower, lower waste and overall more sustainable lifestyle is possible. It never fails. Every time that I bring my reusable bag somewhere and I tell the cashier, I'm like, oh, it's okay. Like I don't need a bag. You know, I pull out my reusable bag. They're always like, oh, are you sure? Oh my gosh. Like they're surprised about it. And Again, I feel like to most people in the sustainable living movement, reusable bags are the absolute smallest thing that you can do. Um, And I know that a lot of big cities in the U.S. and a lot of different states are actually starting to phase out of the single-use plastic bags, which uh, I think is absolutely amazing and incredible. But in almost every place that I have lived in, people act surprised, like genuinely surprised when I use reusable bags. And that's always the one thing that shows me how much people don't realize that like a more sustainable option is available. Like in the past few months, there was one cashier that I was like, oh, you know, is it okay if I use my reusable bag? And they were like, oh my gosh, heck yeah, better for the planet. Like, I don't know why we use these plastic bags anyway. It makes me so mad. And it was so nice and refreshing to see someone that had that same mindset and that kind of like saw where I was coming from and appreciated the reusable bag. But again, it's something like just the bag. It's so small, but I feel like when people see it, it kind of opens up their eyes and they're like, oh, not using the single use plastic bags is an option, weird. (laughs) But truly when people see others living more sustainably, buying more sustainable options, going to the bulk bin centers and bringing our own bags and just doing things that go against the grain but are better for the environment, it can be so eye-opening to people to just show them that a another way of living is possible. And this goes with friends too. Like I have been friends with so many people that we'll go like thrifting together, we'll go shopping together, and I always bring my reusable bags. And like I like they ask me like, oh, why do you bring those? And I tell them, and then slowly they start bringing reusable bags. And they, you know, like I've had friends tell me like, oh, I, you know, I just I had reusable bags at the house. I just have never really thought about bringing them. It never really occurred to me. Um, And it wasn't until I saw you bringing them everywhere that I realized how simple and easy it could be. So even sharing your sustainable swaps or sharing your sustainable habits with your friends and your loved ones and the people around you and your community can be really eye-opening and like, again, just show people that there are things that they can do to make a positive difference. So that's like one way that the small steps can add up to make a difference and just showing 
the people around us that there's a slower, more sustainable way of living, but also just like, like buying more sustainable products or buying less. Um, like I feel like so many more people are getting mindful and hopping on the thrift train or buying like the greener options of products. And you can tell that it's working because the amount of greenwashing on the shelves and companies pushing and like, you know, making up lies that their products are more sustainable or the companies that are genuinely trying to make their products more eco-friendly and have better packaging, like packaging that's just better for the environment and more minimal. Um, And then like the amount of eco-friendly products on the shelf in mainstream stores. Like I was walking down Walmart the other, down Walmart, I was walking in Walmart the other day, just like down the aisles. And on the end caps, there were wool dryer balls. And I was like, oh my gosh, like they're right there. And then, you know, you go down the kitchen aisle and there are silicone stretch lids and all of these different sustainable swaps and like reusable options that I know they did not have in the store, at least not in Walmart years ago, like even two to three years ago, these things were not on the shelves. So like, you know that the companies and the big corporations are listening to consumers when we talk about wanting a more sustainable lifestyle because they're putting this stuff on the shelves, you know? And that also, besides, you know, just the individual impact and like sharing with the people around us, that shows me that these big corporations are listening to the consumers and what we want, which, you know, uh, collectively, more and more people are wanting to live more sustainably and better for the environment. And the big companies are listening and responding to that, which I personally, even like greenwashing sucks. And it sucks that certain companies lie in order to make us think that their products are eco-friendly when they're really not. But even with that being considered, just the fact that like the companies are responding to this and that they know that eco-friendly living is a very big movement right now, to me is very inspiring and gives me a lot of hope. And, you know, lastly, the government, like making these small changes, again, is showing the people around us, it's showing corporations, and it's showing the government that the people really do give a fuck. And even if they haven't really done anything about it so far, like there hasn't been any huge green legislation that's passed, which really sucks. I know a lot of people were hoping for that with the new presidency. Um, But, you know, hopefully it shows that the government is at least listening and that more eco-friendly changes will be in the future of our country's legislation. Fingers crossed. But for me, that's what the small changes are all about. It's about like sending a big middle finger to the man, to the top 1%. Like, Even if a lot of people out there don't give a single crap about the environment and sending the world and our climate into the ground, there are people down here, like the normal everyday people, we actually do give a fuck. And it kind of just gives me that Lorax complex, like, let it grow, you know? Um, So again, for me, some people say that the small changes don't make a difference and that individual changes don't mean anything and that, you know, you have to fight against the actual fossil fuel corporations in order to really make a change with climate change. But I mean, first of all, you can care about more than one thing. Like you can fight climate 
and, you know, fight against the fossil fuels um, and also make individual changes. But even if you only like make the individual changes, which I won't even lie, that's me right now. Like I haven't messaged any fossil fuel corporations. Hopefully in the future, I kind of like step up to that bigger level. I would love to do that. But right now I'm only really making the individual changes. But that's okay because all of these small steps that all of us collectively are doing come together to make this whole sustainability movement. And together we are so powerful. So yeah, those are like the three biggest lessons I have learned within the past three years of sustainable living. Obviously, there are a lot more little things that I have learned that are sprinkled throughout all of the hundred episodes of this podcast um, up until now. There are things that I'm still learning. Like I'm very much a work in progress still. So I really hope this podcast never puts up the facade that just because I have an eco-friendly podcast, I do it all and I know it all because that is 1000% not the case. Um, I still eat takeout and go get coffee and drink out of plastic cups sometimes and throw away trash, you know, so I'm still learning and I'm still trying to get better every day. Um, But I hope that these past 100 episodes have given you actionable tools inspiration, um, just things to help you live a happier, simpler, more eco-friendly life. Thank you again so much for coming with me and going on this journey for the past 100 episodes. Um, So looking at the future of this podcast, it has such a special place in my heart. It's such like a fun outlet for me. And it kind of just gives me a big purpose outside of motherhood, which I feel like is so important as a stay-at-home mom, just having this opportunity to come on here and connect with you listening out there means so much and is such a huge part of my life. However, I am gonna be taking a break of about a month, maybe a month and a half. I will be solo parenting my three kids for about a month and I'm gonna have some family visiting for a little bit and life is just gonna get a little bit shaky. Um, So I thought that this was a really good time to kind of take a break and take a reset. And when I come back in March, there will be some changes to the podcast. I'm gonna have a new song. I'm gonna have a new fresh intro. I'm kind of just like approaching it, not really as like a season two, but I guess like a kind of a new beginning, like episode 101, like has such a good ring to it. Um, But yeah, again, I kind of just want a fresh feel to the podcast. Another huge goal of mine for this upcoming year of the podcast and just the future of the podcast in general is to have more guest episodes. I was looking back on the past 100 episodes and realized with a lot of shame that I only had like three guests on, I think. Maybe four. I think it was only three though. Um, And... When I re- no, I think it was four. Anyway, regardless, it was less than five. I know that much. And so when I think about like, okay, cool. So the other 96 episodes was literally just me, just me talking and like no one else's insight. And I know a lot of that has to do with the anxiety that I've been dealing with. That's kind of holding me back. Um, just the anxiety that causes me not to want to reach out to other creators and people in the eco-friendly living movement or, you know, in the conscious and mindful like parenting and motherhood. 
And anyway, there are a lot of like guests that I would love to have on the podcast, but I have just been too anxious to reach out and to plan that and do the Zoom. But this is the year when I am just going to cut the shit and I'm going to make myself do it. So again, when I resume the podcast in March, I will be announcing some cool guest episodes that I have planned for you guys. And um, if you are listening to this and you have insight that you think would help a lot of my listeners, whether that's like a special aspect of eco-friendly living or sustainability, um, or if it's just something like motherhood related, um, please just shoot me an email at unrootedmama at gmail.com or shoot me an Instagram DM. Or if there are any guests that you would love to hear on here, I would love to connect with you and get your opinions and get any suggestions. Or if you just wanna chat about eco-friendly living, like feel free to shoot me an email or like an Instagram DM. Um, my username is unrootedmama and I would love to chat with you on there too. So again, yeah, gonna take a little break and when I come back, the podcast is gonna have just a fresh new vibe, but still the amazing eco-friendly and mindful living content. And I'm really, really excited and I feel really hopeful and I can't wait to bring all the new episodes to you guys. So yeah, thank you so much for tuning into this episode and the past hundred episodes of the Unrooted Mama podcast. And until next time. <laughs>